Let's do our vocal warm-ups real quick. You, you, you go first. Yep. That's a good girl. Oh, that's my girl. Yeah, that's my girl. You're my little girl. I'm not done yet, girl. <laughs> I want to ask, like, done with what? Run them over, girl. Go on, run them down, girl. Get out of here, girl. <laughs> Come on now, girl. <laughs> Come on now. Daisy thinks that I'm talking to her. <laughs> she does. She keeps looking at us. Come on now, girl. Is your name girl, bitch? I didn't <laughs> think so. I actually, I've taken to calling her uh, Chumba Chumba. Huh. <laughs> it's uh, the energy I feel from her. Chumba Chumba? But why? <laughs> That's mostly because I hold her like a fucking baby and she like nestles her little head under Aww. my chin. And yeah. I go, you in my little chamba chamba. I'll just do one more little. Uh, oh, that's my girl. Oh, that's Ooh, my Daisy, girl. Ooh, Daisy, you like that. That's my girl. Yeah, there he is. I think that's a good vocal warm up because I, I, I never quite get as deep except for when I'm saying my girl. <laughs> yeah, I don't my have a lower girl. register to save my oh. life. I, I used to not, but smoking and drinking for many years yeah. will allow you to have a deeper voice, I learned. <laughs> Everyone go back and listen to what this show sounded like five years ago because I had like a flute for a voice. You know, fun fact in my body, it's actually different than the regular human body. The mm -hmm. sound is produced in my liver. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's where my sound is produced, so... I can't drink. <laughs> I can't... I can't drink. Um, I... I thought you were gonna say, um... <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, like, my voice is produced in my butthole. <laughs> what you're oh, hearing is yeah. air traveling through my body. I'm yeah. So for me to talk, <laughs> I basically God's through puppet. my ass, and then it's like a steady stream of air. So each, you know, each time I say a word, it's actually air entering my ass hole. <laughs> Through my body, all the way out my mouth. You're catching the current, and it's coming out in different intonations. Yeah, you're like you're like a large uh, you're like a large horn up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, a galahorn, <laughs> right? Is that a galahorn, jalahorn? But anyway, it's been it's been a fucking minute, hasn't it, folks? Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna get into it, but. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a little while. I think the word the word of uh, season what are we on? I want to say like season four or five. Uh, the word of this season is inconsistency, <laughs> because <laughs> that is uh, what I've been 
and uh, I'm just going to say some stuff is in the pipes, and uh, Dead Space will be coming out on the YouTube, uh, but that's that's about all the update I got right now. I've had a, uh, a good long break, uh, not not uh alienating myself from uh my family and peers i have a bit of news as well fucking go for it i am actually making without your permission i am making hentai of all the characters you've drawn okay on from uh lots of pasta (laughs) i'm gonna sip some tea a little bit longer so for those of you who don't know what hentai is my character tenron ochin what should I... I shouldn't even say character, because I am Tenron <laughs> He is Tenron Otrin. Uh, is going to have sex with Franz McBoohoo. So, Tenron... <laughs> one, of the, one of the funny things about you coming back and I'll on the show... And never hear sh- that. <laughs> God damn it. No, because he doesn't listen. So, one, one of the... Um, one of the, the funny things about having you back is that... I feel like you and I haven't done an episode in forever. Oh, man, it's been a long time. But the truth is, well, we, we did to s- everyone else, we did the Christmas together. Well, so yeah, that was yeah. right before I stopped. That was right before I, I went on hiatus for, for this year. We also and, watched uh, Slender. And, and we also watched Slender together. But that wasn't quite the same as no. as an episode. No. Um, you're, you're way different reading. And going off of some material, then then what we we don't actually like to talk during many movies, but for that purpose, it was necessary. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> Everyone, go. Um, people have told me, and I'm, I'm I'll just add this bit. People have told me that even just listening to the commentary tracks without watching huh. the movies with us is funny. Because you have a through line of like what's going on and us being pissed about it. <laughs> Someone has like said that to me, so I'm um I'm very I'm very happy that they got it was that experience. Very homely. It was quite homely. Um, I have a so it, it's it's felt like we we haven't recorded in a while, but we actually have. You're like, you're on two of the like last five episodes I've posted. Oh, so wow. so you're 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 represented just fine. Um, I do have a series I want to read with you sometime soon, but, uh, today I wanted to appease you because you asked for something specific and I remembered that I actually still had a list of it. So I went through the list and I picked out what I think is the perfect amount to read for some gas station stories. Okay. Cause you had said... Uh, what what was it you said? And you you texted oh, me. You said that guy gets me did, rock fucking hard. Did I say that? I think you said verbatim. This guy lines. gives me a big boner. I I have pre came. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you said, I love the way that that guy writes, or I love I yeah, love that yeah. Jack character or that story. I forgot, I forgot specifically me, what you said, but you said I lo- I love yeah. reading that. He just resonates with me personally. I, I just think he's like very he's he doesn't he's not trying at all, but he's very interesting. <laughs> the way he handles situations That does describe you. No, no, that does describe you. Yeah, I mean kinda similar. I, I just think he's very well, his his nihilism is what I think his models. nihilism is the capitalist dream. Your nihilism is a bit more related to your existentialism 
He doesn't yeah. wonder of the life and death so much. He wonders of the the planes of existence a bit. He's a little bit more in the physical reality. He he knows of the monsters. He's seen the monsters and gods that exist in his realm. But he sits back and says, "Ah." And it doesn't even. It's like he he's like, huh? Yeah. Just another. Yeah, just another one of those. Yeah, here at the gas station. Down here at the gas station. But anyway, um. We do have a little bit uh, to get into, so I think we can make this a quick fucking ep if we just uh, jump right into the material. Let's do it. So the first one that I found um, is one of his one-offs. Um, we're reading two of them today, actually. Um, one is just a, like a short post that the same author did just on like a random like day. He was just like, this is a contribution, but it's not significant. And then he did what is pretty standard of like 15 page, you know, 20 page, um, entire like little multi-part series about something happening. And, um, there's one of those up next. So the first one that we're going to read is something weird came into the gas station last night. And this is of course from Reddit, no sleep, go give it a look, give it a gander. Uh, this author is very talented. One of the very few perks to living with a rare terminal illness is the way nothing ever seems important enough to get stressed out about. I'm speaking from my own limited experience, and in no way would re I recommend you go out and get your own rare terminal illness if you don't already have one. But in my case, I was able to make peace with the reality of my impermanence early on. There you go. Before the diagnosis, when I was a teenager, sometimes I would worry about living up to my own expectations of adulthood, which is absurd when you consider that the town I grew up in is the capital of lowered expectations, whose only claim to fame is being the home of a famous bloody civil war battle and the place where it rained frogs that one time. Don't ask, it's not as interesting as it sounds. I work at the 24-hour gas station near the woods at the edge of town, and as far as jobs go, it's not the best, but it's not the worst either. Knowing that I won't be here too much longer dulls any ambition to climb the corporate ladder. Some days turn by without any incident, moving the world one step closer to oblivion or whatever. Those are my favorites, when I can pass an entire shift reading a book and minding my own damn business. I don't need to climb a mountain or visit the Grand Canyon to know what Zen feels like. Tranquility is a quiet, empty gas station at 4 o'clock in the morning. Of course, some days aren't as uneventful. I've experienced rude customers, drunkards, vicious raccoons that fall in the chaotic evil spectrum of the D&D alignment, a handful of armed robberies, and some other things that I can only describe as... weird. I had one of that last type of days yesterday. We had been busier than normal in the weeks leading up to this. Some of the wildlife and fishery agents from neighboring towns had been patrolling the woods pretty heavily and our gas station is the only place for miles to get fuel or fresh coffee. I don't know what the hubbub was about, but I would guess everyone's been on edge ever since those cows were mutilated. Okay, I think that maybe mutilated is too strong of a word to use. Somebody has been sneaking onto cattle farms and shaving the cows bald. Who knows why? Small towns get bored. I wasn't paying attention to the time, because I never do, but it was late in my shift in the middle of the night when the deer poked his head inside the gas station. 
I had just finished my book and was checking the phone for a weather update when it happened. The glass door was pushed slightly ajar and a large deer with an eight-pointed rack of antlers was slowly inspecting the store, scanning its gaze from one corner to the other, nostrils flaring with each sniff. It stopped moving and pointed its giant black eyes right at me. I remained perfectly still except to put my phone down because this was way more interesting than the possible snowstorm headed our way in the next few days. We stared at one another for a moment longer until the deer pushed the door the rest of the way open and stepped one foot inside. Whatever you're imagining right now, it's wrong. And I know that's my fault because I'm telling you the story, so I apologize. There were a few key details to the deer that I haven't mentioned yet. First, the deer's head was about seven feet off the ground, and second, I could see through the glass door of the front doors that this deer was standing upright. From antler tip to pelvis, the deer was just like any other ordinary white-tailed I have ever seen in the woods or this side of the interstate. Tan fur, long neck, confused expression. But at the legs, he turned into something else. If kangarooish were a word, I would call his legs kangarooish. He stepped on a kangarooish foot into the store and waited like he was making sure that the ground wasn't going to fall out from below him. When it didn't, he put the next foot forward. The door shut behind him and the deer started walking down the gas station aisles, <laughs> his antlers barely missing the fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling by millimeters. I didn't think much of it at the time, but when I got to work earlier that night, the other worker said something interesting. I was talking over the safe from the only other full-time clerk, Jerry, who, according to what I heard from a reliable source, has been pretty salty ever since his cult went and had a mass suicide without <laughs> inviting him. Before he left, he told me that the lag was getting worse, and maybe it was time we do something about it. You see, there's something wrong with the mirror in the gas station bathroom. There's a delay in the reflection by about a half second. Sometimes if the weather's acting up, it gets much more noticeable. We had plans to replace the mirror, but couldn't do it because we're lazy and mirrors are expensive. And besides, how important is it to see your exact reflection anyway? It's a gas station bathroom, not a salon. That wasn't the weird thing he told me though. The weird thing that was that, the weird thing was that a man had come by earlier wearing hunter's camo and left his number telling Jerry that it was imperative that he contacted him in case we see anything unusual. I had dismissed that as being too vague to have any meaning at all, but what is unusual at that gas station? A solar eclipse? A bipedal deer? A completely normal day? Besides, I don't work for him, and if he's looking for the deer creature, he can find it on his own. I watched that deer walk slowly towards the bag chip display and put his nose to it, sniffing voraciously before stepping back and scanning the entire store again. His arms, or front legs, I'm not really sure, dangled at his sides with cloven hooves as he walked over to the refrigerated drink case. He tapped the glass a couple times with his antlers before figuring out how to reach out and pull open the door. It was like watching a toddler figuring out a puzzle. Funny at first, but then frustrating. I almost got up to help him before he finally, mercifully, got his hand, toe, clove toe, foot finger, around the handle, and the door creaked open. 
I had to hold back my laughter as the deer fumbled at a bottle of water and somehow managed barely to pull it out of the case before sticking the top of it into his jaws and chewing at the cap until it ripped open. The deer leaned his head back with the bottle sticking out of his mouth and stared right at me as he guzzled the whole thing down in one continuous stream. Next, the buck sauntered over to the coffee machine and gave it a whiff. The smell apparently didn't gee his haw. <laughs> what? Didn't, didn't gee haw? <laughs> the smell apparently didn't gee haw with his disposition as he reared back and shook his head fiercely. Agree? I don't know the what he was trying to... The smell apparently didn't agree, maybe? Gee-haw. <laughs> Probably for the best. Finally, the buck finished his rounds and walked up to me and stopped on the other end of the counter. From this close, I could smell the creature, and surprisingly, he smelled like grape soda. He tapped his hoofs, fingers, hands, on the counter a couple times, and then looked at me to where he had dropped the bottle of water and then back to me. Okay, I said... He tapped the counter again, so I went ahead and punched in the code for a bottle of water at the register. That's gonna be 89 cents. The deer took a step back and looked down at himself, then started patting his body where his pockets would be if he were wearing any pants, and then he looked up at me and blinked a few times. <laughs> You're putting me in an awkward spot here, I said. Right then, the creature started belting out strange animalistic noise that I can only describe as a combination between donkey and dolphin. I don't know what that means, I said <laughs> over his noises. But then he just got louder and louder and threw his head back, emitting that weird call into the ceiling. I don't know what you're saying, I said back. I don't speak deer. <laughs> the creature threw its head back down and barfed up a green wet clump onto the counter in front of me, and then it was silent. I looked at the clump, the deer looked at the clump, the deer looked at me, and then back at the clump. Oh! I reached out and grabbed it by the corner. Sure enough, the deer had just coughed up a mucus-covered $1 bill. <laughs> okay. I wiped the sliminess off of the dish rag I keep near the register for spills and then put the bill into the till with the rest of the money before fishing out two nickels and a penny, which I offered to the deer, which the deer promptly ate out of my hand. He turned towards the door and uh, flicked his tail a few times at me before I noticed the strange tableau outside the store. At least a half a dozen other deer were out there, each standing tall on two kangarooish feet and staring right at me. <laughs> there was another stag, a pack of does, and at least one fawn, only four feet tall. The buck struggled for a few seconds to pull the door open. Do you want me to... But before I could finish, he had it wide enough to slip outside. And then they all left, walking proudly towards the forest line. It wasn't until about five minutes later that it occurred to me that I should have taken a picture or something. But without any proof, I guess it's just going to turn into one more weird story that nobody will ever believe. I dug through my backpack until I found a book I hadn't read yet and opened it up to the first page. It was at least another hour before I saw another customer come into that store. What a fun time at the gas station we have. I love I love this series so much. <laughs> this is serious. You just you laughed out loud. At so the, enjoyable. I don't I don't speak that. When the deer first <laughs> came in, I was like I was I thought that was funny. Uh, there's something comical about personifying deer. I um I think it's inc uh, incredibly unsettling. 
because of that one episode of, uh, I think it's Regular Show. I mean, Regular Show and Adventure Time both had weird kind of human deer episodes at the same time. Yeah. But the one in Regular Show was a lot creepier. It had a man's body and a deer's head and it like shot arrows and shit. Um, but the deer head was oddly realistic, which made the weird looking man body all the worse <laughs> by conjecture. So um, that's what I thought of <laughs> when I thought of a deer walking in. And I, I was immediately unsettled. So, um, But I, I like how it's written as well. And I do I do commend the author at writing a fine line between uncomfortable and funny. So I'm excited to see what this one is, but because this is a much longer narrative, but uh, seems to be uh, about something a bit more serious. So I'm going to hand this over to Tenron and we're going to read A Murder at the Gas Station by the same author from Reddit No Sleep. Anyone who's ever worked the night shift before can tell you it's not easy pushing your body past its natural inclination to stop and rest. Something about nightfall triggers a subconscious urge to lay low, stay safe, and wait it out until morning. Sure, you can manually override that impulse, but there's a certain point you never want to reach, when something deeper in your mind starts to push back, when your own brain starts playing tricks on you. I work at the shitty 24-hour gas station at the edge of town, and the night shift here is, to put it nicely, something else. On the best days, it's an exercise in maintaining sanity in a state of self-imposed solitary confinement. On the worst days, well, it's a lot worse. A few months back, we had a part-timer named Drake. He seemed like a bright guy. Hadn't had any problems with him during the daylight hours, so the owners gave him a shot at the midnight shift. He seemed fine when he took over my clerking duties one midnight by dawn, he'd already lost all of his clothes. <laughs> uh, by which, I, I mean, he genuinely lost them. Told us he had no idea where they ended up. A regular named Old Bob came in the next morning and caught Drake standing butt naked by the hot dog roller. A blank stare on his face and drool running down his chin. An overly optimistic young hire named Lindsay was the one who replaced Drake. After a week of training, she insisted she was ready to take on the overnight challenge. To her credit, she made it three nights before cracking. Poor Lindsay called the sheriff's department at four in the morning, ranting about how she'd fallen into a time vortex while cleaning behind the frozen drink machine. Right. She swore she'd been trapped in a pocket dimension inhabited by dog people for several weeks. That sounds great. Before any of you get excited, <laughs> let me assure you that her story falls apart upon a closer examination. I checked behind the frozen drink machine and didn't see any time vortices. <laughs> when I came in to start a morning shift a few days later, there was nobody at the register. I eventually found the new hire, Gus, standing in front of the mirror in the bathroom. When I asked what he was doing, he told me he'd been trying to remove his contact lenses for the last hour and a half. <laughs> After the paramedics got him cleaned up, he came to his senses and confessed that he wasn't even wearing contact lenses. Right. In fact, before that night, he had perfect 20-20 vision and had never used contact lenses before. I'm not sure what was more concerning, the fact that he'd permanently blinded himself in his left eye, or that thing he managed to pull out of the right one. My point is this. 
The night shift is no place for amateurs. It can be crazy. It can be dangerous. The very worst cases are those where the clerk loses the battle when they actually fall asleep on the job. I'll spare you the details, but suffice to say that it's never a good thing. We were quickly running out of employees faster than we could bring in fresh hires. Rather than cut their losses and eliminate the night shift altogether, the owners of the gas station decided to promote me to the newly created <laughs> position of the night shift manager. Wonderful. It's a fancy title, and it came with a 25-cent pay bump. Hey, good for you, man. But I'm not sure exactly who I'm supposedly managing, considering I'm the only one here each night. I guess it makes sense. The owners can't have employees falling asleep, and for reasons I won't go into, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> it works out fine as a temporary solution, and to be honest, I never minded the after hours. Fewer customers to deal with means less work for me. Also means fewer distractions from reading books and browsing the internet. Uh, honestly, I felt the same exact way. On the other hand, it puts me at ground zero for some of the weirdest occurrences at the gas station. Like the time I met the crow. It was somewhere between way too late at night and way too early in the morning. I was sitting behind the register with a cup of coffee in front of me and a book about vampire penguins in my hand. Don't ask. When suddenly I heard a tapping, as if someone gently rapping at the gas station door. I looked up from my book to see what the hell that noise was, but as soon as I moved, the rapping abruptly ended. The parking lot was empty, and there was nobody standing on the other side of the glass door. Well, I thought to myself, well, that's pretty weird, but not weird enough to warrant getting up and checking. I went back to reading, but soon after I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. What the fuck is that? I said to nobody in particular. Uh, that's when I realized the noise was coming from the other side of the store, the window near the booth seat, and it was getting louder, as if somebody were standing outside knocking. Hello, I said. The noise stopped. I went back to reading my book, but before I could find where I'd left off, the knocking started back up again. Oh, come on! The tapping grew louder, but I stayed put. After all, the only thing dumber than sitting back and trying to ignore that mystery tapping was getting up and investigating the mystery tapping. But eventually, it became unignorable, and against my better judgment, I put the book away and left my post to check and see what was going on. I was only a step away from the front door when the noise stopped again. I cautiously pushed it open enough to peek out and see if I was dealing with another crazy hobo. But the moment the door opened, a crow fluttered in over my head, flapping its wings frantically and caw-screaming at me. I covered my eyes and face and rushed back to my spot behind the counter, the bird shrieking and grabbing at my hair the whole time. I swung at it, trying to bat it away, but it was too fast fluttering just out of my range with each pathetic strike, then swooping back down to peck at my hair before retreating back into the air. A few panic-stricken seconds later, I was hiding underneath the counter and searching for a weapon. As the thumping in my chest slowly returned to reasonable levels, I became aware of two unsettling facts about my current situation. First, there were no weapons anywhere in range, and second, the screaming animal currently perched atop the cash register right above me 
was not actually saying ka, it was saying a completely different word, a word no animal outside of the human variety should ever be able to say. Amway! I sat on the floor, <laughs> leaning against the wall of the counter and focusing on the noise. Uh, there was no mistaking it. The crow was definitely saying, Amway! In a pathetic attempt to scare it off, I punched the counter above me and shouted, Hey, get out of here! The crow responded with a squawk, and Amway. then... Amway! Work from home! Be your own boss! I slowly pulled myself out from under the counter, got myself upright, reached for the phone while the jet black bird stood on the cash register and stared at me. As soon as my fingers reached the receiver, it started screaming louder and faster. Exciting news! Join my network! Organigold is the future of coffee! It works! Infinitus for beauty! Shut up! I yelled. But the bird just kept screaming, even louder, drowning me out and filling the room with its multi-level marketing bullshit pitches. Herbalife, buy directly from the wholesaler, new skin, stay young forever, doctors don't want you to know the secrets <laughs> of perpetual youth, vector marketing, cutco, sell knives door to door if you want. To be a millionaire. I tried dialing the number for my contact at the sheriff's department, uh, but the crow was way too loud. Even if the call went through, I, I wouldn't have been able to hear or talk to anyone on the other end. The crow wasn't slowing down, and it sounded like it wasn't even taking a breath between rants. Damn, I gotta be faster. I grabbed a praline from the display on the counter and threw it at the noisy son of a bitch, but the, the crow hopped into the air to avoid it. LuLaRoe, sell leggings from the comfort of Facebook, get rich, make friends, very sexy, very cool. I put the phone down and screamed. <laughs> Those are all scams, you stupid bird. You fucking idiot. That's me. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. That's what I would say. Oh, Call shit. a fucking idiot. I mean, in an instant, the gas station went deathly quiet. The bird ceased its squawking and dropped onto the counter a few feet away. The only sound was the thumping in my chest. Now, I finally had a moment to catch my breath and take in the situation. The crow was massive. Uh, by crow standards, I mean. Other than that, I don't really know how to describe it. He was, you know, a crow. Black eyes, black beak, black feathers with a strange oily sheen when the light hit it just right. But other than its eerily human voice and usually or unusually aggressive sales pitches, it wasn't all that noteworthy. This was not the first bird to get inside the gas station by a long shot. Normally, all it takes to correct that problem is patience, a ladder, an extension cord, and a shop vac. But something told me this case wasn't going to be so simple. In fact, as we stared at one another, I couldn't help but feel like the crow was studying me, coming up with some kind of nefarious <laughs> plan. I kept my movements slow and deliberate, Last thing I wanted was to spook the bird and set it off again. It watched as I picked up the receiver, cradled it under my ear, and dialed Deputy Love's personal number. We maintained eye contact as the phone rang, and rang, and rang. After about 20 seconds of ringing, I was starting to wonder why the voicemail hadn't taken over yet. Finally, the ringing stopped, and a tired voice said, Hello? Deputy Love? Yeah. Hey, it's Jack from the gas station. 
I know who you are. You're the only one that would be calling me at... Wait, what time is it? Jesus Christ! Jack, this had better be an emergency. I've got a bit of a situation here. There's a crow inside the store. And? And it's talking. And? And... I'm sorry, maybe you didn't hear me. I said there's a there's a talking crow inside the gas station. So? He's talking in English. Did you really call me for this, Jack? Let me remind you about the rules of our relationship. It's not <laughs> life-threatening. I don't care. Crows can talk. They're like parrots. Call animal control in the morning and don't go near it. I assure you, it's more afraid of you than you are of it. Now, leave me alone. Don't call me back unless someone's dead or dying. With that, he abruptly hung up on me. I stared at the receiver as the crow squawked. What did he say? Uh, sorry, he said crows can talk. I answered. Well, that's a relief. Squawked the crow. Hang on, I said. Something about this still doesn't feel right. I reached for my backpack under the cigarette case and pulled out my laptop. A minute later, I had I had it set up and connected to the internet. The crow bounced up the counter and, and over to the side of the keyboard. It looked at the pictures of crows on the screen and squawked. What does it say about me? Well, it says Deputy Love was right. Some crows can imitate humans. It also says crows are extremely intelligent. Cool. Squawked the crow. Well, no, I said. This still isn't right. The experts say crows can imitate voices. The crow bristled and asked, So? So you're obviously not imitating someone. We're literally having a conversation right now. Are we? Aren't we? How do you know I'm not just repeating a series of very specific phrases I've learned over the years? We stared at each other for a moment longer. I tried not to blink first, but eventually my eyes began to sting and I caved. The second my eyelids closed, the crow squawked loudly, flapped its massive wings, landed on top of my laptop screen, riding it down as it snapped and shut in front of me. Hey, I yelled. What's your problem? Listen up, the crow said. Its voice was different. Oh, okay. Listen up, the crow said. Its voice was different. No longer a squawk. Now, somehow he'd evolved into a smooth whisper like that of a dealer in a dark alley. I'll be honest with you, Jack. All that pyramid scheme stuff. It was just a ruse. I wanted to test your reaction. See if you were gullible sort. I'm happy to say, you passed. You're just as clever as I suspected. What are you talking about? I asked. I need a favor from you. A big one. I'm willing to pay for it. I shook my head. I don't use <laughs> crow money. Is that even a thing? Crow money? I can make it worth your while. Trust me. I have skills. We can trade favor for favor. Right then, the front door swung open. Mr. Crow had me so distracted that I didn't even realize that a, a truck had pulled into the parking lot and a real human customer was about to require my attention. The crow flew back to his spot on top of the cash register and sulked as the young man in, in the camo jacket walked inside and threw me a... Hiya, Jack! Only then did I realize my mistake. This was not a customer. This was just another inconvenience. One of the locals with the distinct honor of gracing our do not serve these people wall of shame. He walked up to the counter, 
pointed at the display behind me and said, Pack a skull original, please. I took a deep breath. What are you doing, Travis? You know you're banned for life. What? Travis asked with a confused head shake. Still? Yes, still, always. All right. Well, in that case, just give me a pack of Marlboro Reds. I, I can't. You're banned. Hey, what's with the bird? <laughs> Travis gave the crow a come at me face. Oh, he talks. Cool. Polly want a cracker? <laughs> the crow squawked. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's a squawked. <laughs> Fuck you. Travis went red in the face. Fuck me. Fuck you, bird. <laughs> the crow shot back in a deep voice. Your mother sucks. Oh, in a deep, deep voice. voice. Your mother sucks cocks. Hello. The, f <laughs> the fuck you just say to me, you crickety-eating, no-armed motherfucker? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Travis took a step towards the animal, but the crow reacted by going airborne, flapping its wings and emitting a deafening sound like a hundred car alarms going off at once. It flew towards the man with its talons extended at eye level. Travis spun around and screamed incoherently while racing out the door. As soon as it had shut behind him, the crow went silent and landed on the counter. I snapped a couple times next to each ear just to make sure I hadn't gone deaf from the explosive crow noise, then asked, what the hell was that? What? The crow asked defensively. That gentleman clearly didn't understand that he'd outworn his welcome. You were having trouble communicating this. No need to thank me. I wasn't planning on it. Great. So, listen, I was sort of in the middle of something when you showed up. What's it going to take to get you to leave me alone? The crow hopped over the edge of the counter in front of me, looked to both sides like it was checking to make sure we were still alone, and whispered, I need you to kill a cat. There's an expression in French called L'appel du vide. Yeah, that's... If it works for me. It works for me, it works for you. Appel du Um So this expression is French expression. Uh, that refers to a short burst of subconscious desire to do something absolutely crazy and irrational. <laughs> Literally translated, it means the call of the void. Ooh, I like that. L'appel du vide. L'appel du vide. I'm going to use that. The call of the void. That's really, I like that. It's like a magic, yeah. it's like a magic spell. L'appel du vide. I think it might be a spell in, uh, Would it be in vide? Mansions of Madness. <laughs> Is it pronounced vide? I don't know. Or vide? I don't know. I don't know L'appel du vide. I don't know. L'appel du vide. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I like French. Uh, if you've ever leaned over a building's ledge and thought for one brief second, I could jump right now. Yeah, man. That's l'appel du vide. Yep. As I looked at the animal in front of my face, I had a sinister thought pop into my mind. From this from this close, I could easily reach out and grab the crow by the neck before it had any time to escape. Was it testing me, or was it showing off how little of a threat it considered me to be? I'd go with the latter. I dismissed that crazy thought, then took the next one in line. Wait, a cat? Like, any cat? Why? Also, no. There's a specific cat that's been harassing me for the last couple weeks. He's a real pain in the cloaca. I need you to off him for me. In exchange, I'll take care of an enemy for you. Anyone you want. Seems to me your life might be a little easier if that Travis guy weren't around anymore. 
Why do you need me to kill a cat? You seem more than capable of doing it yourself. Of course I am. Ha 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 Crow laughed. Ha ha ha. As in, it genuinely let out a loud human guffaw that <laughs> lasted all of five seconds. <laughs> Have you ever seen Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train? Have you? I'm a crow, Jack. Of course I've seen it. Oh, okay. Here's the deal. My girlfriend loves this cat. She considers him her pet, and she's smart. If I kill him, she'll figure it out and never forgive me. No, I can't risk that. I need a rock-solid alibi. That's where you come in. If you were the one to kill him, she'd never even know I was involved. Then I can take care of someone of your choosing, and nobody will ever trace it back to you. No one could ever link us. We don't hang out in the same social circles. We're not friends. We're not even the same species. We're just strangers on a train. I think I liked you better when you were pushing scams. The, the crow's head spun around almost 180 degrees, aiming at something on the other side of the store by the boiled peanuts. Be silent, human. You hear that? It asked. Oh, God an, damn a, it. Okay, so it asked in another brand new voice, this one sounding suspiciously like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Be silent, human. You hear that? No, hear what? It leapt from the counter and dive-bombed towards the other end of the room, swooping around a grocery aisle and no. disappearing from view. No. For the next minute, I didn't no. see or hear anything. Do it! It was enough time for me to truly Kill reflect on it. the absurdity of the situation. What are you waiting for? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You, you ugly motherfucker. Here I was, talking to a crow, negotiating with a crow. Did any of this make sense? No, of course not. What the hell am I even doing? Is any of this real? Just as I was beginning to suspect the answer might be no, the crow flew over the shelves and returned to the counter, a dead and half-eviscerated rat corpse dangling from its beak. He dropped the rodent's body right on the top of my closed computer, where it twitched a few times, before the crow finally or proudly announced, You're fucking welcome, Jack. Well, that's the grossest thing I've seen in a while. I moved to grab some paper towels, but the crow jumped, landed on my right shoulder, and squeezed its claws through my shirt and into my skin. Then it moved in close, putting its bloodied beak uncomfortably close to my eye. I stayed perfectly still. Do we have a deal? It squawked in its loud Amway voice. To be perfectly clear, I was never going to kill a cat. I didn't want the crow to kill anyone for me, either. There was absolutely nothing appealing about this bird's offer. However, his claws had already broken my skin and drawn blood, so I was feeling highly motivated to say whatever I needed to say to get this over with. Okay, I said in my gentlest voice. Sure. Sure. We have a deal. How do I find this cat? What does it look like? A surge of pain shot through my shoulder as the bird released its death grip. Its wings smacked him in the eye and took flight, landing atop the cash register once again, while blood slowly soaked into the shoulder of my riddled shirt. Get a pen and write this down, he barked. 
His name is J.P. His last name is Maroney. He lives at 534 Second Street. I opened the drawer where we kept stationary supplies and grabbed a pen and paper, but I could sense that something wasn't quite right here. Wait, this cat has a last name? Yeah, he works at the high school and he lives alone. The best times to off him are evenings and weekends, but you'll have to be careful. He has a watchdog named Max. You might need to kill or drug first. He's allergic to peanuts and keeps an EpiPen Wait, in his- I interrupted. You're talking about Coach Maroney from the high school? That's the one. But Coach Maroney is a human. I'm well aware of that fact. You said you wanted me to kill a cat that was harassing you. That cat has been harassing me, Daddy-o. We stared at one another as the awkward realization fell into place for both of us. I realized that he was using outdated slang this whole time and expecting me to commit literal human-on-human -human murder. He realized that I was already notably hesitant about the idea of killing a literal cat. For the first time in my life, I realized that a bird was actually disappointed in me. And I won't lie, it was a real low point. Before either of us could say anything else, a pair of headlights lit up the building. A truck pulled onto the handicapped parking spot right outside the door. With the high beams on and the engine still running, the driver stepped out of the vehicle. Oh, shit. Squawked the crow. <laughs> he had already noticed something I hadn't. I couldn't even get out of question before he jumped off the cash register and flew away, landing atop the cold drink case as the door swung open. Soon, I understood why the crow was spooked. It could have been the pantyhose mask the man was wearing around his face, or it could have been the pistol in his hand which was now pointed at my face. Open the register! He screamed, shaking the gun at me with uh, each syllable. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, I said softly and slowly, trying to keep the man calm. This was far from the first robbery, but no matter how many times you have a gun pointed at your face, it never gets easier. The key to surviving is making sure not to escalate the situation. The fact that he's wearing a mask is a good thing, I told myself. He's looking for money, not blood. I kept my hands in front of me and let him watch as I stuffed the cash into a paper bag. Coins too! He screamed. Really? I, I didn't mean for it to sound patronizing, but I couldn't help it. He shook the gun angrily, dangerously. I, I looked down at the open register and said, Oh, okay, sorry, coins it is. As I scooped out a handful of pennies, I heard something that gave me a whole new level of anxiety. It was a loud voice booming from right behind the armed robber. Freeze! This is the police! The robber spun around, pointed his gun at the empty room, searching for the source of the noise with a quick series of quick head jerks, then shouting. Who the hell said that? I tried my best to keep calm. I didn't hear anything. Bullshit! The man spun around. Before I knew what was happening, he'd already reached across the counter with his free hand, grabbed me by the collar, and pulled me halfway over to meet his gun. He pushed the barrel hard against my temple to leave a bruise and shouted into my face. Who the fuck else is in here right now? I couldn't decide between nobody or I don't know. And in a panic of <laughs> the circumstances, my brain combined them both, and I stammered, I don't nobody. 
A growling voice filled the air. I'm your worst nightmare. The masked man released his grip, stepped back, and turned his head over his shoulder, keeping the weapon pointed at me. For the briefest of moments, I felt another l'appel du vide. I could probably get the gun away from him if I... No, I'm not going to turn a bad situation into a tragedy. This will all be over soon. We just need to make sure that nothing else crazy happens. And right about then, something else crazy happened. The crow jumped into the air and swooped down at the man. There was a noise, like Velcro ripping apart, a scream, and then warm liquid hitting me in the face. My overloaded senses didn't have time to catch up to what just happened before the gunshot started. I dropped to the floor, pushed myself against the counter wall, and covered my ears while the room filled with the smell of gunshots and the sound of explosions and screaming. It may have only lasted a few seconds, but it felt like hours. When it was all done, all I heard was the man wailing in pain and fury. My eye! That fucking got my fucking eye! He sounded like, um, you gotta help me. It's my mom, the rad roaches. <laughs> you gotta help me. You gotta help me. It's my mom. It's my mom. The rad roaches. The are rad going to get roaches her. are going to get her. My eye. My eye. I don't know what possessed me to climb back up from my hiding space. Perhaps it was a mixture of curiosity and situational madness, but a moment later, I was peeking over the counter to see what had happened. The masked man was pushing his left hand against his face hunched over in the middle of the store. I stood up the rest of the way and saw that the floor was painted in streaks of blood, splatter art, feathers, and red boot prints all over. On the ground by the man's feet, the crow attempted to flap its wings, but failed to lift off. One of the wings was mostly gone, mm. replaced by a dark red pulpy stump. The other wing fluttered ineffectively until the man lifted his boot high into the air and stomped on it. With the animal's wing pinned under the foot, the man pointed his gun at the crow and readied, ready to shoot. Hey! I yelled. The man turned his attention my way. His mask was saturated in blood. It erupted from the wound under his hand where his left eye should have been and flowed between his fingers down his neck and shirt. The crow must have taken a decent chunk of his face along with the eye. Now the man wanted revenge. I couldn't blame him, but I also couldn't stand back and do nothing. I grabbed the paper bag, tossed it at his feet, and yelled, Take the money and go. The man didn't even hesitate before aiming the gun at me and pulling the trigger. I squeezed my eyes shut and braced myself. But nothing happened other than the sound of a harmless click. He'd already fired his entire load. When I reopened my eyes, the man was racing over to the bag of money. As he bent down to grab it, the crow released a blood-curdling, <sighs> nearly as loud as the gunshots themselves. The man ripped off his blood-soaked mask and threw it to the ground shouting something at me that I couldn't hear over the continuous sound of the bird. The noise grew louder, louder than a thunderclap, louder than I thought was possible before this. I covered my ears, 
The man attempted to do the same, but the moment he pulled his hand away from the gaping wound on his face, a fountain of blood poured out. Quickly, he returned his palm to the bloodied gash and screamed. The lights from his truck began to flicker, or at least that's what it looked like at first. But then I realized that wasn't what was happening at all. The lights were being covered, blocked out by a swirling mass of black shapes. A thick swarm of creatures had descended upon the gas station parking lot, and as I pulled up my hoodie and squeezed the fabric against each side of my head, I registered that the noise was no longer the crow. The crow was coming from the tornadic swarm of hundreds of black birds cawing in unison, perfectly synced. The earth trembled beneath me. Soon the entirety of the parking lot was swallowed by the legion of birds. The truck was gone. The world was gone, all replaced by a mass of black feathers. Glass exploded from the window and door. They poured inside, cawing in the same beat. All I could do was stand by helplessly as the swarm took the man piece hmm. by piece. Good piranha. They went for his face first, tearing it to shreds down to the bone. Then they attached themselves to his chest and limbs, and soon he was covered in black. More of the swarm surged inside, flowing around him like a wave, flapping furiously until all I could see was a wall of darkness stretched to the ceiling, blocking out the fluorescent lighting. I dropped to my regular hiding spot below the counter and waited. The air turned hot. The floor continued to rumble. The counter walls vibrated around me. Even though I couldn't see anything, it felt right to close my eyes. And then, after a few moments, it was over. The lights were back on. The world was normal. No noise but the ringing in my ears. And I was lying in the fetal position, counting my breaths, and wondering why I was still alive. The thought occurred to me, a thought that was all at once terrifying and comforting. Maybe it didn't really happen. I'd been working a lot lately. I'd been pushing myself. It was well within the realm of possibility that I'd imagined everything. That sure would make a lot more sense than a bird who spoke English and watched Alfred Hitchcock. In fact, if I were being brutally honest with myself, there was an unignorable part of me that knew the world would be better off without Coach Maroney in it. The man was a walking, talking piece of shit in gym shorts who basically tortured kids like me for a living. Maybe this whole thing was just another delusive uh, machination born of repressed childhood trauma and caffeine poisoning. I stood up, looked at the gas station, and accepted the reality. No, I did not imagine it. There was blood and broken glass and bullet holes. But there wasn't a dead man. The crows must have taken the robber's corpse completely. I managed my way around the counter to survey the damage. That's when I saw the broken body of the black bird huddled behind a display of chips. I walked over to him, carefully stepping around the glass and the puddles of blood, and then crouched down and asked, Are you okay? His voice was pained. Do I fucking look okay? Not really. <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. Sorry. And, um, sorry I couldn't save you. 
His voice was getting softer with each sentence. Don't be. I was going to kill you anyway. What? I got cocky. I thought I could take that asshole for you. Then you'd be in my debt. What a fucking pussy. Bringing a gun to a bird fight. Wait, 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 go back. What was that about killing me? After you killed Maroni, I was gonna tie up the loose ends. It was all part of the plan. You know what they say. If you wanna make God laugh, tell her your plans. Wow, <laughs> I said. Uh, there, oh, wow, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm... I'm not long for this world, Jack. What am I supposed to do now? He didn't answer. I waited a few seconds, but there was still no answer. I poked him, but there was still, still no answer. Eventually, I understood that he wasn't going to answer. His last words were surprisingly appropriate. Call, call. <laughs> I turned towards the shattered front door to see a crow perched atop the hood of the robber's truck, watching me intently. I held up my hand so the crow could see I meant no harm, and then I moved away from his fallen brethren. If there's some kind of crow protocol... Crotocol? Crotocol? <laughs> for dealing with their deceased, I did not want to interrupt and get permanently marked as an enemy. I'd happily let someone else deal with this. Besides, I needed to make a phone call. Deputy Love picked up the 20th ring and begrudgingly said... Hello. Hey, it's Jack from the gas station. I know where you're from. You remember what I told you earlier, right? Or did I just dream we already had this conversation? No, no, I remember. Don't call unless someone's dead or dying. Well? He asked pointedly. Well, I answered. I called, didn't I? It took a full ten seconds for the implication to land. Finally, Deputy Love muttered. Oh, I'll be there in a half an hour. Put on a pot of fresh coffee and don't touch anything. I hung up the phone, pulled out my book, and went back to minding my own business. I fucking love these stories. This guy is a fucking good author. He's great. He's great. Good for you, dude. Just or lady. A, whoever you time. are. Good stuff. It's just a pleasure. It's just a pleasure. <laughs> I love that reaction, though. It's a you, goddamn pleasure. It's just so cheeky, and it's so clever and stupid and absurd. Yeah. It's the absurdity yeah. I like. I, I feel like it's, you know, in some alternate universe, this is like a show on FX, like it's always sunny or something, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. kind of like Man Seeking Woman had a baby with It's Always Sunny, you know? There's some assholes working at a gas station in the middle of, like, fucking, I don't know, Virginia... And you like, know, like kooky a, cast the characters. Like a comedy show, but maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm actually thinking of uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, that was gonna and the, and the idea of that. Something like that, where it's you know, it's kind of filmed like The Office or filmed like Parks and Rec or something, but it's really just these assholes dealing with these kooky. Uh, you know who I feel like characters. would do really well in this role? Simon Pegg. <laughs> 
Simon Pegg would be wonderful. I just think he's too old. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I would be good. You would be good. <laughs> I, I think... Thank you. I it's think... Okay. Um, we would need someone 20s going going towards 30s, I think. Because it's meant to be older than high school, older than college. But deadbeat, you know, hasn't gone anywhere. You know, I, I can't think of anyone who fits that, like, age range that I would personally be comfortable with. Maybe if we were to go back, like, 10 years, like a, like a Michael Sarah type or, like, a Jonah Hill type. I was going to say Andy Samberg. And, yeah, 10 years ago, Andy Samberg, 100%. 100% Jorma <laughs> Tacone even like I'd be I'd be totally cool with that um but yeah uh yeah I, I guess thinking of like Hot Shot is probably a good example um but yeah Casty you or, know um, Casty Kookie Kooks um Donald Glover <laughs> he'd be perfect well this. he was in the episode don't you remember he was oh, that's right. Donald Glover that's was, right. In the, was in the parking lot at I, I wasn't even <laughs> saying that to Glover, the, what's up I wasn't even saying that to be ironic. I think he actually <laughs> community. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to think of as well. He'd be so funny. Um, yeah, I I, I like I like the author. I like his writing. The stories are fun. I haven't gotten to a point yet where I'm like, ah, oh, he's telling the same story again. Yeah, he, no, he really hasn't. And I like that both of those were like animals with human qualities. I like that both of those kind of met right there in the middle because yeah. they're they're not sequels to one another. This for we're we're skipping an entire side story about the detective and his daughter that we haven't read yet. There's a there's a follow up to the Christmas one about Halloween that is apparently oh, yeah. a huge part too. We can do that in the fall if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, you know, there's tons of more material. There's tons. Yeah. Detective side story, at least two more single one offs of like twelve pages in length. That's you know. Yeah. He's, uh, so I, we're I, at least five or six episodes left of material for this guy. I like how he writes. I actually think that he'd be... He he would do pretty well writing dialogue for, you know, like a sitcom. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But yeah, this was, um... This was Lots of Pastas. Uh, we... This, this was just the, like, part four of the Gas Station series. It's not... Yeah. It's not sequential in any way. I think people can, like follow i don't think this would be good to listen to like back to back to back but when it pops up and if you have listened to the prior ones that you know when they came out you know it's a it's a fun new chapter in what's going on with jack and the gas station because i i made jack a part of my chaos in the game. woods yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that kind of feels like a midpoint chapter from my own perspective um because there there was a while there where we hadn't read anything uh gas station related um but yeah, uh, always fun to come back to the gas station every once in a while. Um, I think I think next for you, I have um, I have a series I want to do. I, wanna, I have a series I'm I'm interested in seeing if you want to oh, yeah. do something. I'm up um, for new new stuff. I'm up. We we need a new like big meaty fucking story to jump into that takes like weeks to tell, um, because those ones just build the building pressure of those ones. Um, and I think I have, I think I have a couple, I have a couple that are coming out in the next like 50 episodes that I'm genuinely really fucking excited about. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I do have one planned with Cannibal Siren that, um, you know, her time permitting is going to be really fucking awesome. It's about a couple, 
um, coming into a new apartment together, and it's kind of about all the all the shit that's going on in their apartment building. Spooky shit. And then I have another series that I'm doing with um, Where Am I that I'm really excited about. And I also have a series I really want to do with Django that might be one of the longest ones we've done to date. Um, uh, like, a, like a five or six parter with a really solid fucking title um, about a spooky haunted house. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different directions I want to go in. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about the prospects of what this, the rest of the season has to bring. I have something fun planned with, with an author. I have, uh, uh, something fun planned with a group of people for the 50th, the 250th episode. That's going to be like a hallmark for a lot of people. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep trucking. We'll get back at it. But again, you know. Uh, word word of the season is inconsistency, so if it takes an extra week for something to happen, you know, we're just going to keep on moving with it. You know, episodes are going to come out at their own pace. So, uh, Tenron, any any words, any knowledge you want to leave these people with? Yep. Oh, that's my girl. That's, that's my that's girl. That's a good girl. Oh, girl. Slow down now, girl. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on now, girl. <laughs> I'm also maidenless, so that was an Elden Ring joke. Um, so, ladies, uh, be warned. I'm on the hunt. Tarnished. <laughs> Have you been to the Cloud District often? <laughs> of course not, because you don't like pussy!